Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. that a weird hello that it's different to normal it didn't mean for it to come out different to normal mm. i'm not experimenting with a new salutation okay it's good to hear thought i could start with a couple of uh, examples of things done out of awkwardness oh, great yeah that happened to me this week so one day last week i was working as i do from time to time at the bbc mm-hmm. and as I was arriving, I was really hungry and I thought, I'm going to go to the canteen. Yes, the BBC canteen that we heard about in so many Ronnie Corbett monologues. Uh, I'm going to go to the canteen and I'm going to get myself a pot of grapes. Pot of grapes, lovely. Yeah. However, I also knew that the lift I usually take because of Corona is only going up at the moment. You're only to use it for upwards travel. Okay. And the canteen is on level minus one. Okay. So presumably there's another down lift somewhere. Mm. I didn't know where it was. So I thought what I'll do is after I buzz myself in, there's always a security guard just sitting there. It looks like a really depressing job. I mean, maybe it's not, but you go in and there's a bunch of security people. There's somebody who takes your temperature. There's somebody who else checks your pass as you go in and as you bib yourself through, right? Mm-hmm. Once you've bibbed yourself through, almost like a second line of defence, there's a guy sitting on a stool. He's separate from all the others. Right. And the, that, that's he, he was the guy I thought I'm going to ask about the lift. Okay. So I go through so that I don't just look like I'm asking him, about the lifts and and not exchanging a pleasantry. Mm. Uh, I say, oh, hello, how are you? Uh, Thinking he will say, oh, I'm I'm fine, thanks. And and then say, can you tell me which lift goes down to the canteen? Yep. However, when I said, hello, how are you? Mm. He he seemed very pleased that somebody had asked him how he was. Oh, yeah. and, And gave me, you know, not a long rambling answer, but but you know a, a slightly more substantial answer. Okay. And he seemed so pleased, and maybe I'm projecting this onto him. Oh. I got the impression that 
everybody just walks past him or doesn't speak to him or just says hi and carry on walking. And, and it meant something. It, it seemed to me there was something on his face that it meant something to him that somebody had asked him how he was. Yeah, yeah. So what you couldn't do now... Was ask him <laughs> to get down to the canteen. No, because that would take it all away. Yeah. So I went, oh, well, anyway... Um, Good to see you. Better go up now. And off I went because I just wanted to look like the hero <laughs> who was asking him how he was. I wasn't just exchanging a pleasantry so I could get something out of you. No. I was really was just yeah. being nice. Yeah. Oh. I'm just interested in you as a human being. So did you go without the grapes then? Yes, I did. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there was there was that. Mm. And then um, I saw a couple of things on the way from picking my son up from nursery today. First off, we popped into a shop and as I went into the shop I saw one of the mums from the same nursery coming out and um, I gave her a big smile and she smiled back at me but I could tell she was just smizing in other words smiling with her eyes which is from America's Next Top Model correct circa what year oh I think she was doing it up until like maybe eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that was the phrase. If you're smiling with your eyes, Smiling. You're smise, smising. Yeah. And she was smising with her eyes because uh, she had a face mask on. Oh, yeah. So as I passed her, I gave her a big smile. And then I thought, oh, God, I've forgotten to put my face mask on. Oh, whoops. Which I then did straight away. Mm. However, she'd left the shop by that stage. Oh, no. So I'm worried oh, that she no. thinks I'm a mass refuse nick. And there, yeah, you are smiling, so proud. Yeah, yeah. She would have said, oh, he looks so smug and proud. Yeah. So do you think it would be weird yes. the next time <laughs> I see her at yes. pickup, yes. even if it's a week from now, to yeah. say, Oh, when I saw when we smiled at each other in the shop the other day, I'd forgotten to put my mask on, and seeing you, I, I then put it straight on afterwards. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a mask refuse, Nick. I think all you can do now is wear a mask every at time all you, times. you leave. Yeah, and then yeah. you look like a really great mask. Yeah, guy. okay, okay. Mm. So, so um, here's the thing: done out of awkwardness. I said I had two things done out of awkwardness. Um, so my son has got himself into quite a strange routine. Okay. Up until about six months ago, for for all of his life, there was a cake shop on the main road between his nursery and our house that sell sold pretty cupcakes. Right. Went out of business about four months ago. It's subsequently been replaced by some kind of deli come bakery selling flatbreads and... But more more grown up food. Okay. He's got himself into this routine that every day when he walks past it, he shouts through the open door at the proprietor. Mm. He shouts, Hey, you used to sell cupcakes, right? Oh. And the the lady very nicely smiles at him and then we carry on walking. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so sweet. <laughs> It's weird. It's a weird thing to do, but you know, he gets himself into these patterns and yeah. he just does does it over and over every day. That's what he does. It would be less painful if this business looked like it was going to be any kind of a success because I've never really seen anybody in there or buy anything from there. Right. And it feels a little bit like my son is rubbing it in right. by saying, didn't this used to be that great cake shop? <laughs> And he's the only person who's like crossed their threshold that day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really how it seems yeah, some days. Yeah. So today, after he shouted, 
hey, you used to sell cupcakes, right? Mm. I sort of shouted after him through the open door. But look what great things they sell now. <laughs> mm, don't these muffins look delicious? And then I bought a muffin out of awkwardness. Oh, that's nice. Do I now have to do that every day? Well, yeah, you've got your routine going now. <laughs> it's the pattern. Of course you do. Do share your stories with us. Uh, I think the, the, the trickle has been healthy, hasn't it, oh, the last, yes. last couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, but we could always do with more. Share your stories. I think maybe as the world, as the lockdown restrictions are, are lifting and I'm not saying it's back to normal, but if people are moving around in the world a bit more, we're having more uncomfortable interactions. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. Yep. So do send your stories in to us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one is from Kirsty. I have been catching up on the podcast and just listened to the one where Jeff forgot someone's name. It reminded me of when... There's, o- what, there's more than one episode where that's <laughs> like every other week that happens. I think that might be the Pierre one. Is it? Is it is oh, uh, yeah. Philippe and Pierre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of when I forgot someone's name. Now, I say someone, but even Jeff hasn't been this bad. I used to take my daughter to a swimming class, but I had to change because the timing and pool location no longer worked. So we started at a new sports centre. And since I left the other company, I'd had a second daughter. One evening when my daughter was around six months old, I went to the pool and was waiting with my older daughter and carrying my six month old. Suddenly a lady said hello. Now, I'm terrible at names and I definitely didn't know hers, but that's not the issue. I knew she was a parent from the previous swimming place and chatted with her for a minute or two. Then she congratulated me on my new baby and asked a question that should have been no problem at all. What's your baby's name? (laughs) Silence. My head is empty. I have literally no clue what my baby's name is. They silence what it felt like was an eternity. Then... I just had to say it. Um, I've forgotten. How could I do that? Um, and after the longest time in the history of conversations, I would say a good minute, I blurt out, it's Willow. Willow, God, how can I forget that? <laughs> My baby was six months old. I cannot claim baby brain. I learned she was only there as a one-off because her class time had been cancelled, which is a relief as otherwise I just have to take my daughter out of swimming class and tell her that she would just (laughs) never be able to learn to swim. Why didn't I just say to my older daughter, why don't you tell the lady what your new sister is called? Why didn't I think of that? I think you can blame anything, certainly in that first year on baby brain, right? I think up to a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think it's a whole other world when you've got two. But I think that's that's quite the thing, isn't it? Forgetting your own child name is very impressive. Uh, And this is from Wise Lady Dominica from Melbourne, Australia, 33 years old. I work at the front desk of a physiotherapy clinic. When it comes, when it comes. You can do it. You can do it. In the early days, I would have edited this kind of thing out. But here's the thing. We're recording this at nine o'clock on Tuesday night. I want to, I've got to get this finished by midnight. Pass, pass, path of least resistance. I've got it now. Good. I gave you a little bit of a runway there. Thank you. Yeah. When it comes to the time for clients to make their next appointment and pay, we always talk about whatever is happening in the world at the time. A bit over a month ago, when we were seeing worldwide Black Lives Matter protests, the news was on and it happened to be reporting about some people getting hurt by anti-protesters, as well as thousands of COVID-related deaths. 
I made the same comment to the lady in front of me that I seem to be saying all year. Well, 2020 isn't going to be a year any of us will soon forget. Referring naturally to our bushfires in January, followed by floods, the COVID pandemic and now the worldwide Black Lives Matter protests. She replied with, I take great comfort in seeing all this tragedy in the world right now. I must not have masked my look of shock fast enough because she went on to explain, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. My expression must have morphed from shock to confusion because she went on to say that all the terrible things happening in the world meant that Jesus was almost here and she was so excited to meet him. I strongly believe that everyone has the right to religious freedom and having grown up as a Christian myself, but being a little more atheist these days, I tried to hold a neutral face while she told me about her terrible upbringing and about the time she saved a stranger's life just by conversing with him. After what felt like an age, she invited me to join her church that coming Sunday. When I replied that I wasn't local to the area, she insisted that a short 10 minute drive is worth a relationship with Jesus. I then gladly informed her that I lived over 60 kilometres away from work, thinking this would finally get her to leave me be. But no, she asked where I lived. Not wanting her to know exactly where, I just said, oh, out past so-and-so. Well, turns out she is good friends with the pastor's wife of the so-and-so chapter of her church. She then proceeds to pull out of her phone from her bag and call the pastor's wife so that she may set up a Zoom Bible study between the two of us. But luck was on my side. The woman didn't answer and I thought that I was finally free. Instead, she wrote down her friend's name and phone number and made me promise to call her that week. And it didn't end there. Ignoring all social distancing recommendations, she leans over my reception desk, grabs both of my hands and insists I pray with her. Oh, oh no, I really don't want to keep you any longer, I say, as I try to gently pull my hands out of her grip. No, no, I insist, she replied. Short of completely offending this woman and telling her I'd rather run down the street in the nude than pray with her in that moment, I thought it best to just suck it up, close my eyes and hope it would be over after a minute. Not for a moment did I think that she wanted me to lead us both into prayer. She encouraged me to begin. And when the dust settled in my brain, I had to confess it had been quite some time since my last communication with the bloke upstairs. (laughs) I could see that she took pity on me and felt a tiny bit of gratitude until she said, repeat after me. She made me pray with her and the whole time I was praying for the phone to ring. (laughs) Needless to say, I now hide from her whenever she or any of her family members have an appointment during my shift. That's unbelievable. Yep. I'm telling you something. That pastor's wife took one look at the phone and thought, oh God, not again, again. not again. (laughs) Sixth time today. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. It's extraordinary, isn't also, it? Also, just, you know, it, it's a, I'm on board with everything that was said at the beginning about religious freedom. Yeah, and so yeah. then that on in mind, it's really strange that somebody would be looking at everything that's going on and go, oh, God, everything's going to shit. There's all this suffering. Mm. He's coming back for his favourite <laughs> ones. His favourite ones will be out of there. Yeah, we'll be out of here soon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um Wow. Uh, yeah, there's there's a type, isn't there? Mm. Sullying the good name yes. of the majority. Uh, if if you would like to uh, to to send us a story of your own uncomfortable social interactions, although those two are going to take some beating this week. If, yeah. if you're going for just pure social discomfort, those are going to take some beating. Uh, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Annabelle. Yes. 
I'm ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay. So my mum is not one for giving advice, but she's always said, never fall out with your neighbours. As a result, here's a list of things that I haven't even mentioned to neighbours over the years. And this is the things that neighbours have done. Regularly spitting chewing gum into my garden, sticking down my windscreen wipers with chewing gum, kids roller skating up and down a hallway at 6am every morning on wooden floors, loud parties with bad music, cutting part of my own hedge about six feet shorter so it looks very bizarre, putting fox poo inside the hedge, being so noisy all the time that I moved into a very cold, damp bedroom as it was quieter in there. Having a garden sprinkler for nearly on for nearly every waking hour and thereby reducing my water pressure to a trickle. I just don't say anything. Like I see and then I fantasise about living in a remote detached house. But I do not want a neighbourly feud. I don't want to have to hide in my house if I notice they've just left theirs any more than I normally do. My son, though, is much more sociable than me. I'm very friendly with a little boy the same age who lives in the upstairs flat next door and he likes going into his garden. And I've mentioned before that there's no fences out the back due to some mysterious bylaw so he can get there easily by very slightly crossing, cutting across our downstairs next door neighbour. Let's call them Phil and Claire. And whenever I've seen them, they've said, oh, you know, let Rudy do what he wants. We love children. He can come in our garden anytime, anytime. And they let their children play in the other little boy's garden too. It's a bit of a free-for-all. Yeah. Or it was. Until recently, Phil and Claire started putting up barricades to prevent my son from cutting across. Like first it was just a bench, so I wasn't quite sure because he could still get round it. But then it was a bench and one of those big outdoor heaters. And when he could still just about squeeze past, they moved their big barbecue in the way. Obviously, I was outraged. So I dealt with it by doing and saying nothing, just internally hating them. Excuse me. Now, a few weeks later, my boyfriend came home from going out with my son on his bike and he was holding a box of milk tray, which surprised me as he doesn't ever bring me home gifts. And this gift felt quite retro. And then I was confused as he didn't hand it to me. He started getting out wrapping paper and wrapping it up. And I questioned him and it turned out that he bought this box of milk tray for someone else. Not a lover, though. Worse, the daughter of Phil and Claire next door, as it was her eighth birthday (laughs) now strangely my first thought was why are you buying our enemy a present and it was only after i'd had that thought that i thought why are you buying an eight-year-old girl a box of milk tray (laughs) so weird didn't they have haribo or a curly whirly like i think we both know it's a box of chocolates you buy for a lover i mean that's how they've been marketed ever since like i can remember it's like all because the lady loves milk tray think of the like, <laughs> did he dress all in black and break all, into it? All in black. He, he went on a daring mission to deliver them into the home he'd broken into of a glamorous lady, his lover. Honestly, I check every day to see if her parents have put bars on their daughter's windows to stop Tom climbing through in the night. It is without doubt the creepiest present that anybody has ever bought. I did ask him why. He said, oh, I wanted to get celebrations, but there wasn't any. And like, I had Rudy with me and like, it was really stressful. So I just like grabbed the first thing I saw. But actually, I really don't mind because I feel now. (laughs) 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 Because my boyfriend has bought their eight-year-old daughter milk tray. (laughs) That's my revenge sorted. We're even now. Barricade away. (laughs) 
Well, should we do a few more of those um, kind of laughing on the outside, dying on the inside? The jokes people always make when they find out your job, etc. Yes, so we know not to say them ourselves. Yes. Uh, the first one's from Duncan, age 35. I work in a toy shop in Los Angeles and every day someone says to me, playing with toys again, or pretty sweet job, just sit around all day playing with toys. I'm the manager here and also the stock manager. I run our eBay store. I'm the buyer when the owner isn't around and I'm in charge of all the displays in the shop. In short, no, I do not sit around playing with toys all day. Sometimes they even say, oh, grown man playing with toys. I usually just say jealous and the answer is most often yes. On the rare occasions I'm feeling up to it, I might fire back with, you wouldn't be if you saw my paychecks. But being a drifter, (laughs) that takes more guts than I can usually muster. Uh, This is from Trevor, who says, I'm a cabinet maker and people are always saying as they enter the workshop how they love wood and the smell of wood and how lucky I am to work with it. After 15 years of being constantly covered in sawdust, to be honest, I'm a bit over it. So I just have to smile and be nice as it's usually a customer. And from Distinguished Governor Martha, I'm a baker and a cake decorator. And the two things I hear constantly are, one, if you ever need a taste tester, you know where I am, wink. Of course, yeah, yeah. And two, oh, what a great job. I'd love to eat cake all day. Yeah. The first is usually said in a way that seems the speaker is delighted with their clever idea <laughs> and leaves me worrying that it wasn't just a joke and they will spend the rest of their days disappointedly checking their emails, wondering why I've not got in touch about an exciting <laughs> new flavour combo I've come up with. The second belies that they haven't quite grasped the nature of the business. The purpose of <laughs> making cakes is to sell them and thus feed my family. I always come away from these interactions feeling that people have an image of me as a kind of poo bear sitting surrounded by cakes and honey, licking icing off my paws, <laughs> when the reality is a lot less fun, usually being a hot, sweaty mess with ovens blasting and buttercream stuck to my eyebrow. I mean, I've not done a minor or anything, but it's not quite the same as the romantic WI idea people sometimes have i'm thinking i think i might have been guilty of the oh the smell of wood oh yeah i think it's good because you know these are funny and and they're uh, instructional as well i always find it funny like with that one when people think your job is the thing you'd be most interested in as a pastime as well but i've met people you know i've so met people who've been radio broadcasters who then collect radios Right, okay. So Which I find weird. Some people are like that. Yeah. Very, very passionate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, some people are passionate about the job. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that. Um, I think there's a bit of mileage in this, yeah, mm. if you get to get a few more. So do uh, do email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. thought there might be something in but but maybe not Mm. the the tiny things about yourself that even the people you're closest to have no idea about 
Oh, that could be very interesting. So I, d- I don't know, but like, I, I, I think my wife and I are about as open with each other as it's possible to be, possibly too open, really, about things. Like, we will talk about anything. Okay. Um, and it only occurred to me the other day that something my wife doesn't know about me is just how often I enter a competition to try and win a trip on the Orient Express. <laughs> Can I, can I take a rest at ha- a guess at how often? I mean, are we talking more than once a month? About once a month is right, but you know, really? I'm, in, in a bored moment, mm. I'll think, I wonder if there are any competitions to win a trip on the really? Orient Express. How interesting! And I'll be googling it, and then if one comes up, I'll be entering, and then I'll be checking back on it and whatever. So oh. I thought that that's kind of a a good example. Of something that nobody would ever know about me. Mm, yeah, it's such a weird yeah, thing yeah. to have latched onto as well. Yeah, yeah. So I wondered if there was uh, is anything anything in that. But uh, let's let's see if we get anything back on it. If you want to okay. email in and tell us about yours, and either it goes somewhere or it doesn't. Can I tell you a story? Yes. Did I mention on the podcast that I'd interviewed Bjorn Olveus from ABBA? You did, yeah. And I was so excited about it. Mm-mm. We had been to Mamma Mia the party earlier this year before lockdown, and it was one of the greatest nights of my life. Yeah. We spent, we couldn't concentrate because it's me and you and Tom, your lover, and my wife, Sarah, and my, my friends, Nick and Catherine, who you got on very well oh, with. Oh, they were lovely. Yeah, they were yeah. great. And we had this wonderful night, mm. but very early on, we saw Bjorn was there, oh. and I couldn't really concentrate on the show because I was just <laughs> looking at him the whole time. It was like right over the other side of the venue, but mm. we could see him at his table. And it was very, it was very distracting, wasn't it? It was thrilling. Yeah, it was thrilling. Yeah, it was thrilling. And in my head, I was running through all the things I might say to him if he if he came past our table on his way to the toilet, and then you know it never happened. No. But and 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 after he left, because he left as soon as the show finished and it turned into a disco, um, I went over and sat in his empty seat <laughs> and like held his the dregs of his diet coke, and it was yeah. it was just an exciting time. It was. Yeah. Now I didn't mention any of this during the interview, so so I, I did talk about that a little bit on on an episode the other week. I talked about it a bit more extensively on Reasons to Be Cheerful, the other podcast I do. Okay. Uh, something we do at the beginning of that podcast is uh, Ed, my co-host, and I both bring along a reason each of us have to be cheerful from that week, from our real lives that week. And mine was that I'd interviewed Bjorn Olvaeus, and I said it was great. Uh, I talked to him about uh, ABBA getting back together. They've got five new songs coming out. He's currently in quarantine. He's on an island in the Stockholm archipelago. He goes kayaking once. You know, I just gave a summary of what we talked about. Mm. A few days later, I get a text message. Oh, you're in the paper. What? And so presumably what had happened is some journalist had listened to Reasons to be Cheerful, heard me talking about this, and then wrote it up as a story. Right. And then that story ended up in the Metro and the Sun newspaper and the Daily Mirror and the Daily Express and sort of and then in news outlets around the world. But what aspect of the story that he was quarantined on a, like an no, island? No, no, no. About the reunion, which is you know, as far as I'm aware, is um, you know, it's news that's what well, it is. It's not as far as I'm aware. It's news that's out there. Uh- he sort okay. of said in the interview, he said, look, I promise the songs will be out next year. I said, well, it'll be 2022. He said no because of COVID and because of, um, uh, uh, sort of 
technical difficulties because they're doing this tour I think with holograms that's the idea that they're sending holograms out on tour I think that hasn't gone smoothly so it's taking longer than they'd originally planned but he said the songs will be out next year so this all got reported in that was mention of these five songs right so then the next thing that starts happening to me is I start getting inundated by ABBA fans on social media saying so did Bjorn confirm to you that it's five songs oh okay wow and i thought i I can't remember if he did actually i know i told ed like they've got these five new songs coming out and i know that when i was doing my my research it said there are two songs then another article said there's there's going to be five songs coming out so i I listened back to the tape Mm. and here's here's what was said me so you 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 know you've done these new songs you've got I think five new songs coming out how was it being back in the studio Bjorn well it was great being back in the studio but it doesn't actually say no but so I'm in a panic now right because this is getting Abba fans very excited yeah oh no. You could be an object of hatred if it turns out not to be true. this is it. So now I've got people coming at me on Twitter saying, um, either confirm this and release the tapes or your career will be in the dustbin. (laughs) Release the tapes! I know. I thought, well, my career is in the dustbin anyway, (laughs) so that's that's fine. But because these people have been so nasty the way they're asking, I'm not replying to them. Also because, like, very specifically at this moment in time, I'm having 48 hours off posting on Twitter because of anti-Semitism. Mm. So, you know, I've got, I've, got the, I've got a bit of a breather while I think about what I can say to them. Oh, no. So I then brought it up on the next week's Reasons to be Cheerful and I started doing what I just did with you. Yeah. Uh, and then Ed starts on, because we're doing it on Zoom at the moment, he starts going, no, no, stop it, stop it. So, you know, you don't want to do a full retraction. What we can do is just, uh, you know, I, I, I can help you with this. And I thought, that is somebody who's had experience of the press taking uh, everything he said yeah. out of context for years. Yeah. So I we talk about going viral and me saying about these five and he goes yeah so you know you mentioned these five songs and he didn't you know he didn't didn't deny them or i thought or demure from that (laughs) and i thought that is the politician at work isn't it yeah yeah but the last people on our ain't enraged are abba fans i know like what could they do to you they seem quite nice people (laughs) finally facing my waterloo Quandary corner. Improblematic at the Glap Clinic. Annabelle? Yes. How's it uh, How's it looking then? I think this week? is something that you are going to be very helpful with this first great, one. Great, great. It's from Georgie. Like many drifters, I'm socially awkward and struggle to interact with strangers without analysing every part of what I say and do. Somehow, I'm also the mother of an extremely confident almost two-year-old. She's now taken it upon herself to block the path of any stranger coming towards her while triumphantly waving and shouting hello repeatedly. As you can imagine, this results in many an interaction from said stranger and I'm at a loss with how to handle the situation. Do I just let them talk to her or do I have to talk to them too? They often say things like, oh, she's very sweet, cute, which of course I believe she is. But if I agree, is that not rather big headed of me? If I say nothing, does that not reflect badly on me as a mother? She will continue to wave at them, but doesn't say much else. So I feel the need to fill these awkward silences. But with what? I have no idea. How do I, as a socially awkward parent, deal with an overly confident toddler? I want her to remain her confident self and never pick up on my awkwardness. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you're describing my life to a large extent. Yes, here. that's why I thought you might be able so, to help. So I'm lucky in that my wife is socially competent. Ah, yes. And what I do is I listen for things she says to other people and then reuse them. Oh, do you? You copy, you copy her work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if somebody says, oh, he's so cute, she'll say something like, uh, oh, you can take him for a couple of weeks if you want. See how cute he is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you use that. And so I just, I just sort of say that. It never gets the same, as, as good a reaction as when she says it. Mm. She has a lot of panache. Right, right. Which I, which I don't really have. Um, I think, I think a stock phrase is what's going to help you out here. How do you move it along? Like, how do you, you don't want to be interacting, but your child does. How do you move it along? What I do is a lot of, um, third person stuff right. so gene we've got to let this guy go about his day uh so it's, acting like you're taking yeah that time. yeah 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 it's nice to uh it's nice to meet people but i'm sure he's got somewhere to be yeah, should yeah. we say bye come on we need to get to the shops now, yeah, even, yeah, like, yeah 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 Move, moving it along uh, like that yeah okay. yeah okay yeah. That, that, that feels like that could be helpful yes okay yeah. good all right then yeah I think we can um, move on maybe and that you know that that is a really good one that mm. uh oh you can have him for a fortnight if you want yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty good or you can have him at five in the morning when he gets up that yeah, kind of thing yeah yeah you could just go uh Oh, enough for you. <laughs> oh. If you need conversation, if it's on, if it's on the slightly cold side, <laughs> is it cold enough for you? If it's on the slightly hot enough, hot yeah. enough for you. And what was the one? Twenty twenty, eh? What was that one? Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. What a year! God, it's been. we won't, we won't, for, we won't forget twenty twenty, will we? Might yeah. feel weird saying that in, in this context, but anyway, yeah, yeah. might be useful for other situations. Mm. Okay, okay, let's move on then to Emma. I've been listening to the section of the podcast where people tell the things they're tired of hearing when someone else finds out their job. And I would thought I would write in, though I suppose mine is more of a quandary. Mm. I kind of have the opposite problem. I'm a researcher working on a fungal molecular biology, and I don't think anyone really knows what to say when I tell them what I do. I often get, wow, that sounds interesting. What does that involve then? But I have no idea how to answer this. Are they actually asking me what I do? It's a long and complicated explanation. I'm not sure how much someone I've just met really wants to know about the genetics of the fungus that causes thrush. I wrote a public outreach article not long ago on the subject. Should I direct them to that? (laughs) Or do they just not know what else to say and I should just move the conversation on somehow? This is interesting, isn't it? Because Mm. if it was me, I would be extremely interested in what you're doing for a living. Like, I feel the greatest conversations with strangers on public transport ever is, is always with people who who do very strange specific things like no disrespect to you if you do if if you're a radio dj or if you're a firefighter or something like that but i've i've got a sense of what the job is mm, yeah and and the questions i ask of you i put radio dj in there because i didn't want to Sound as if, oh, if you're only a firefighter, which of course one of the most noble, heroic things. No, but you what can you're saying do. is, we all know what but, firefighter. Yeah, we all does. we all yeah. know what that's like, and you know, you don't want to you you risk going into the laughing on the outside, dying on the inside territory by yeah, saying, yeah. oh, ever um, ever got a cat from up a tree or whatever. What, what do first... you do between fires? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas. I remember once being on a train from Dundee to Edinburgh and um, talking to a microbiologist who changed, firstly, changed, reframed my vegetarianism for me. Oh. I just remember I used to eat mussels 
and oysters um, because I said I can't grasp that they're any more alive than a mushroom. Mm-mm. And then this woman told me all about how they, they they have sort of intricate family setups and feel pain very intensely. Aww. So I've never never eaten a, anything. You know, my thing the, the thing I used to always say is uh, I'll never eat anything that's had a face. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I and then but she and she was vegetarian but also she'd done all these experiments on plankton you know she's like the Joseph Mengele's of plankton she'd done like awful things and felt terrible about it but um but you know in the name of science um so is that how she described herself no no that (laughs) was me though and I'm sort of regretting it I'll tell you what was just going through my head then as after I'd said it I thought god sometimes it's good we're not on the radio anymore because that's the sort of thing that would have got me into trouble. <laughs> it would have just fallen out of my mouth like that. Um, and, yeah. um, I believe he can put you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All I mean is uh, like a scientist who's d- done terrible things. Yeah. I just, that was my first thought, a scientist who's done terrible things. Mm, okay. You know, I, I now understand that it wasn't the best uh, analogy. Yeah, but in the plankton world. Yeah, but yeah. but plankton world aside, Annabelle, I'm yeah. trying to apologise yeah. to anybody who was... Uh, yeah, yeah offended by that i'm really sorry um anyway so, so, so that's an example of something it was a very specific plankton based area mm. of marine biology that she did and it was just fascinating to me so i think there will be a section of people who will f- find you talking about your work if you if it's what you're passionate about and you can kind of explain it in some kind of layman's terms mm, mm. that that will be more interesting than most people's jobs yeah so embrace it and then there's going to be like a whole bunch of other people who who just don't want to don't want to hear about it right i might be in that category i mean i would just get lost so quickly even in the most simplistic terms i think i would just hear the word fungal hmm. and then think oh god what have i got what have i got in the in the memory banks on fungal and i blurt something out about when my foot went a bit strange from yeah. about 1997 till 99 yeah yeah maybe it was longer than that but it's not that type of fungus I, I seem to have lost pointing somebody towards a guardian was it a guardian article or a... no it was a public outreach article yeah if you'd like to know more, please read this article. I'd have a couple of killer facts about these these fungi. I thought, this is how I feel. I feel she yeah. needs to have something prepared, like two or three facts that everyone is amazed by, hmm. and that and that'll be enough for everyone. I think just say, oh, you know, if, if she does like I work in a lab all day, but I can tell you something interesting. I'll tell you, and then tell them two or three, three things, and then yeah. that can be that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that's the way. Yeah. 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 You need to yeah. do a bit of homework. Is what yes. we're saying. Sorry. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's all there in your head anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you want to send us some potentials? Mm, we'll narrow it down for you. We'll tell you which the best one or two are yeah, if you want. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it would provide that service. Mm, okay, great. I mean, I would. What, what is the full job title again? It is fungal molecular biology. So you know, we did the secret waiter. Mm. We could do the <laughs> secret fungal molecular biologist. Yeah. Um. Have we? Have we got? I'm trying to think. Like sometimes with this, I, 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 the the point to come back to is: Have we been helpful in any way? Have we been? We help helpful? Are we ever? Probably not. No. <laughs> yeah. But I think the takeaway is: People are possibly more interested in your job than you think they are mm. because it's so unusual. And just have a a couple of factoids yeah. to hit them with. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, if you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. So that was our podcast. Thank you for listening to it. We always appreciate uh, your ears and we appreciate your support on Patreon. If you do support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com stroke adrift. Does it smell weird to you in here today? A little bit. A little bit. It does it's smell like, weird. Have got the window open? Yeah. No, I don't think it's coming from the window. I think it's coming from the ensuite. Something, something not right with that loo. Anyway, we don't need to trouble the drifters mm. with this. Um, do continue to share with us your stories of social ineptitude, uh, also your laughing on the outside, dying on the insides, and anything for Quandary Corner. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took photos. Kim Rainey designed the artwork. And um, I think my favourite phrase from this week's episode wasn't actually a phrase but it was the uncomfortably long, it's seemingly eternal silence that followed the question, oh, what's your baby's name? Education time. This comes from. Oh no, I've got a problem here. Mm-hmm. Straight away, I recognise this surname. Yeah, it's somebody who has had many podications over the years. What mm. uh, one of our most devoted and beloved drifters, and prior to that, you know, symposium members. Yeah. However, I feel like every time we read out an email, either from or regarding her, we get into this whole thing where we don't know how to say her surname. And I think today is going to be no exception. Is it Jershak? Jershak. 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 I'm sure we've had it spelled out for us phonetically yes, before now. It's mortifying. It is awful, isn't it? It's, uh, well, it's, it's from Samantha Jershak, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I would really appreciate it if you could dedicate a podification to my daughter, Ellen Jershak. Now, Ellen is, I mean, somebody who's been with us such a long time. Yes, yeah, very familiar name. Yeah. <laughs> but I just don't remember how to say it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she is an avid drifter and has been listening to you since back in the day of your radio show. She has contributed both stories and problems at various points. And we often have a chat about the podcast later in the week. Ellen is 29 on the 30th of July, and this would be a great start to her 30th year. She is a fabulous daughter, especially for putting up with her embarrassing mother. The past few years have been difficult, but she has always been there with her level head in a crisis. It's added, this also will make up for our Cheers video not getting on Sunday brunch when I was 50. Oh, dear. I'm sorry you were snubbed yeah. by Rimmer and Lovejoy. We used to work with Tim Lovejoy for a while, didn't we? Yeah. Can't remember a single thing. Like, if, if you've brushed with 
celebrity in some way. What people want is some kind of telling detail. Nothing for me. I remember me. absolutely nothing. I don't no. think we crossed paths. We just worked at the same place at the same time. Um, long way the podcast continues, says Samantha Jershak. Elliot, Ellie's name. I mean, I'm, I have a feeling she's one of these who's been with us for like since the Jeff show, perhaps. I think so. It's a very familiar name to so, me, yeah. Ellie. Although, you know, now that she's in her thirtieth year, I think she's she's more of an Ellen. Mm-mm. I think we can can agree. This comes from Emily. I'm imagining this surname is pronounced Wildbore, but maybe it's Willabore. What do you think? It's not our surname day, is it? It's not. Close to where I grew up, if you go out into the hills, there's a little village or hamlet called Wild Boar Clough. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Wild Boar Clough. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. Um, Emily Wildbore. So I don't know if this is, you know, some kind of derivation of Wilbur or of Wild Boar. It's difficult to tell. The E is really a wily boar, mm. like wily coyote. Yep. Who knows? Let's move on. Yeah. Um, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I know this is short notice, but would it be possible to request a podication for Shreya Shetty's birthday this year on the 29th of July? We will both hopefully graduate as doctors next year, and I hope she will be absolutely... uh, Sorry, she says no, not hope. I want to be very clear here. That was me just uh, reading it wrong. I know she will be an absolutely amazing doctor. (laughs) I know, I I don't know why I did that. And uh, I, I wish I was half as brilliant as she is. Do you know what the great thing about this is? Mm. I've got a doctor's email address. No, no, no. No, please don't. You. I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to delete it. I'll take it away from you. Oh, this is good. You're forbidden. Yeah. Um, I'm normally amazing with birthday presents, but I've been unusually awful this year. So I'm doing this to make up for the lack of birthday celebrations. I mean, here's, here's a thing. Even if you are the best present giver in the world, every now and again you have a fallow year. No, oh, of course you do. It's like, you know to build the anticipation for next year. Yeah, you just have a year where you just can't, mm. you know, get that perfect present. Even if you're so thoughtful, like Annabelle is the best present <laughs> buyer I know. But there was Don't that bring year out you the got pencil, me a pencil sharpener. sharpener. <laughs> that pencil sharpener was fantastic. I mean, it was a bit annoying that the sticky label wouldn't come off. It was always sticky, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm normally amazing with birthday. I just want to point something out here yeah. that if people are thinking, oh, I bet it was really thoughtful though. I've, I've, you know, I've seen the show Mad Men and I'm thinking of that sort of 50s classic office environment with some kind of pencil sharpener that bolts onto the end of a table and you turn a handle and it it wasn't anything like that, was it? It was a cheap plastic one. But let me explain. <laughs> seeing as we're talking about it, I will justify by saying that you would always have pencil sharpenings everywhere. And so I bought you a pencil sharpener that contained the sharpenings within the sharpener. Yes, no, I know. So what you have to do is empty it. Yeah, yeah. So in yeah. in many ways, it was extreme. No, thoughtful. it was thoughtful. It was. It, it just, was. It was just the be- It wasn't the best version that money could buy. No, but you know, times times are tight, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of anything poignant to say. <laughs> Because it's just the little 22 this year, but you're still an incredible friend. 
Uh, I think more advice from Jeff would be welcome about the 22nd birthday, although last year the advice was to be more self-conscious, and I think she'd agree this isn't really possible. Oh, did you mm. say that really? Oh. I mean, it's what I would say. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think I, t- I said at the time, I think I was t- too confident at 21. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yeah. I mean, the alcoholism really factored into that. Mm. Um, by the time I was 22, I'd had some quite... That had quite uh, my first major mental health ep- episode, and was living back in my childhood bedroom. Mm. I mean, I'm not recommending that's a route you follow. No, if it happens. It, these these things happen. That's fine. Twenty two. Not a good year for me. Why? I was very lost at twenty two. Didn't know what I was doing oh, really. Annabelle. Yeah, I was on. Um, the future all just felt too stretching out ahead. I should have looked at in smaller increments rather than looking so far ahead. Don't think about what you want to do for the rest of your life. Think about what you want to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's not something a doctor thinks, I suppose, after that seven years of training. But <laughs> <laughs> I found it quite overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, some people have wonderful 22s. I bet. And I bet, you know, I'm not saying the current situation isn't challenging but mm. it, it it can uh get you out of uncomfortable situations yep there's a lot of situations you you're no longer in just by dint of the fact that it's not legal yes um trying to think it's 22 so that would have been 1995 yeah hit the bottle quite hard that year. Right. <laughs> anything's gonna be better than our 22 so you're gonna be fine yep You disappeared. You disappeared. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in my own memory, and I'm trying to think of. Yeah, here's here's something I think about when I was in my early twenties, and this is very specific to me, but it might be useful to other people because there is an element of driftishness to it as well. Mm. Nobody is expecting that much socially from you at that age so when i was working at my first radio station there were all these brilliant people and we'd go to the pub and they were all so funny and great anecdotalists and socially confident Mm. and i would sit there feeling so uncomfortable and then i just started drinking more and more and it was like this magic juice that made me feel if not um necessarily out outwardly but it made me feel like oh i was funny and i had things to contribute socially and whatever but if i think about it now mm. there was no, there's no pressure on you at 21 or 21 to be the, the, the life and soul with a bunch of 30 or 40 year olds or whatever no just do it at your own pace yeah yeah and i think like there's a that's very specific to what i was going through mm, but mm. just take it at your own pace is, is good advice for any age i guess but specifically those early 20s where you're thinking okay i need to sort of establish myself in some way i think it's fine worry about that in your 30s yeah it'll no, just it'll just happen no one expects too much people in their early 20s no, no and right. that's that's i think that there's my it's a little earnest but i think there is some good advice mm, in there yeah don't put too much expectation on yourself just en- enjoy yourself and if you don't enjoy something don't do it yeah like nobody's expecting that much of you you've got you know you've got your stuff going on you're going to be a doctor that's taking enough of your energy and dedication when you're not doing that just don't put pressure on yourself just be let it be. How was that? 
Good. Anyhow, happy birthday, Shreya Shetty. I once, uh, once again, she will kill me when she knows I did another thing for a birthday, but it's worth it. <laughs> Uh, we will one day write in about our adrift stories. Side note, I've actually written a few of my stories, but I think I'm so incoherent at writing that they haven't ever been read out loud. It's definitely a wonderful thing that Shreya Shetty and Emily Wildbore, Wildbore, have Wiley Bore have found each other, and I know it will continue for many years to come. Here's something that I think might have just happened. Mm-hmm. And do email us, do email back and let us know if this has happened. Mm. I wonder, since uh, Emily wrote in for a publication for Shreya last year, mm. if we had the exact same conversation about her surname, up to and including me mentioning that there was a place called Wild Buckleough. Please, God, no. I mean, it sounds like, it, yeah. it, 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 as I say that, don't you think, I bet that's what happened? Well, it's possible. <laughs> but we just don't remember. Let, let us know. We don't remember no, don't anything. Do we? we don't just remember t- Tell anything. us it didn't happen and then we can just live in ignorant bliss. We just don't, we can't remember anything, me and you, mm. can we? I can't even remember working with Tim Lovejoy. <laughs> no, got nothing for you on that, sorry. I feel like a lot of my life is just like a list of things that I know happened, but there's no detail and mm. no actual memory to go with those yeah, things. it's gone. Yeah. Was it you I was talking to recently where I'd read something which was your memories aren't your memories, they're just the last time you thought about the memories or the last time you told the story? Yeah, I think you told me that, yeah. So even that wasn't me remembering an interesting <laughs> fact. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Finally, Sophie Wells says, Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. Ahoy. I would like to podicate this episode to my sister Jane for her birthday, which is the 27th of July. Jane was the one who introduced me to a drift, and I've been listening ever since. She lives in Macclesfield. Oh, and I live in St. John's in Newfoundland. Oh, you pronounce it Newfoundland. Newfoundland. I thought, Newfoundland, this is good information. So is this Jane who, do you remember one time I was in Macclesfield and then a drifter got in touch to say that I'd walked past their shop and looked in? It was Fat Face. Yes. I, remember, I remember some things and it was Fat Face. I wonder if it's Jane, who, who, but then she wasn't what she was leaving Fat Face, wasn't she? Yes, yeah. yes. See, okay. we do have a memory. Um. It probably wasn't her, though. No. But anyway, carry on. It just seems unlikely to me that two people in Macclesfield would be listening. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> they never recognise a prophet in the hometown. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but we keep in touch through message- messaging and Skype. You're really not finding the smell too off-putting. Is it definitely coming from the bathroom? I think it is. Right. But it, it's, a, it's a peculiar smell. It's, it's weird. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. It's kind of meaty. Yes. Isn't it meaty? Yes. Yeah. I've thought that before. It smells like you know, some mm. gravy my dad used to make. Yeah. Anyway. Um, last year, many of us from our large family stayed with Jane on her, in her beautiful house on the canal. Some lovely canal around Macclesfield. Sounds nice. What's it called? The Something Ring. Cheshire ring, probably. Um, excuse me. Did you just hear a stifled burp? Yes. There was a stifled sneeze at some point during the episode as well. Oh, I wonder if anyone can spot it. Should go back and listen to the whole thing again. <laughs> and then uh, first listener to, to give us the exact time code of the sneeze wins nothing. Um, wins a certificate. She surprised me by taking us to the castle where they filmed my favourite movie, The Princess Bride. 
And then also to location in the same movie where Buttercup and Wesley tumble down the cliff. We reenacted the scenes, of course. <laughs> I could have died at the end of that day and I would have been happy because my life is now complete. Oh, that's so nice. I wonder why they filmed The Princess Bride. Yeah. I'm very curious. I've been thinking of ways to tell Jane how glad I am that she's my sister, but it's hard because we aren't a very lovely family. I remember the first time I hugged Jane, we were almost adults. <laughs> uh, I'll just say that. I'll just say this. My life would be significantly duller without her. Happy birthday. I love the restraint. Yeah, it's great. very nice. Makes me think well of uh, Newfoundland. Mm. Happy birthday, Jane. Hopefully I will make it to next year's Live Adrift show with you. Oh, is there going to be one? This is news to me. <laughs> well, we can't do one in 2021, no. but maybe 2022 we can do one of those drive-in shows that they're doing now. Oh, yeah. So what I'd like to do, mm. a show on a cliff... Uh, and everybody's in little boats, rowboats and stuff. Pedalos? <laughs> You're not into this idea, are you? Just trying to, I'm just logistically thinking ahead to, you know, audio and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice vision. It's slightly, slightly weird. But, okay, yeah. okay. Um, we could go. We could be on like shorter ship radio. What if we were on the end of like South the Coast Guard M- Channel? We were the end of South MP, no, and no, everyone don't like was it. in dinghies. Don't like it. Mm. Don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to be like a siren on the rocks. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Well, what a lovely bunch of publications. Yeah, three. Mm. So many birthdays. Jane, happy birthday from Sophie. Also, Shreya, happy birthday from Emily. And uh, the Ellen, formerly known as Ellie. Happy birthday from your mum. And if you would like a podcast, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 